If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Basically, I am your host, Stephanie Preisner, and another episode for you this week that the listeners have called for. With me in studio, I have Jane Hare, who is a counsellor and psychotherapist with a particular interest in ADHD and particularly in women. Jane, do you only work with people who have ADHD or are you sort of like more of a general psychotherapist or counsellor? Yes, um, I work with clients, um, those who have ADHD and equally those who don't. And my interest with in particular with um, ADHD comes, I suppose, from my personal um, experience um, of of being diagnosed later in life as an adult female. What age were you diagnosed? I, I think I was 38, 39. Oh, wow. I'm 45 now. So, yeah, it was around. Yeah, and what around. made you seek that diagnosis that late? I think I really was I suppose it was an overwhelming a chronic overwhelming feeling of just being overwhelmed and I wasn't depressed funny enough or I wasn't anxious mm-hmm. um, but I felt there was something that just wasn't right and is that like in day to day things Absolutely. like you would get overwhelmed by tasks or just mm. like like specific things or just a general sense of like God the world is a lot um, <laughs> yeah. well, the world is a lot but it was probably um, it was after my third I have three children so it was after my third child and um, I was working like uh, lots of come here like lots of working moms I was working I was um, you know trying to look trying <laughs> to look after the home um, you know keep up with things and send emails simple things send emails um, you know feed the kids just normal day to day run of the mill things but that I found very difficult and I couldn't understand why I um, why I couldn't you know do those simple things that I was comparing myself to what I thought were you know neuro, well neurotypicals my my peers and it just didn't seem so difficult for other people like what kinds of things like juggling everything or specific things from first thing getting up in the morning like um you know organizing planning your day um following through um and equally as the underlying part was just a general self sense of just I wasn't achieving what I, I I wanted to and, and that's not like saying that I you know my th- three kids and they hadn't learned you know Spanish by the time they're two <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> realistic yeah. but it was just a general sense of of feeling like something was missing and I to be honest with you Stephanie I'd always felt that like since a kid I'd always felt different and I'd always felt like I was on the outside experiencing life of other people, you know, looking in. And, and come here, listen, I'm 
45. So so in, in my day, it was um, there was the, the kids in the classroom who were uh, if they were rowdy, there wasn't really many like it wasn't these, you know, developmental con- or near developmental conditions weren't weren't um, weren't around like the first um, ADHD even research paper I think was conducted on females in 2002 so I left school when wow yeah 1990 something six and maybe. when you were in school were you like did you fit a particular profile like were you because okay so my understanding of ADHD and I think there are a lot of myths about it mm-hmm. is that it is particularly in boys they're the boys who are like standing yeah. on the chairs climbing up the walls like really hyperactive absolutely yeah that's children who who in who when I was in school would just be called troublemakers just mm-hmm. really you know really unfair now that we know that actually mm. They're not troublemakers. They're just processing things differently. So do girls fit that? Did you fit that same profile? And then mm-hmm. we can, I suppose, talk about the more general female description. But we can talk about your lived experience first. Yeah, no, I would say I was I was a people pleaser in school. Um, <laughs> we all. And yeah, and I was, um, I I did struggle academically. Um, I would have had now what I would call learning difficulties but at the time I, I you know but I, I definitely did struggle academically and reports would confirm that and um, was that like in in both like yeah. spelling text, tests and maths or like in one particular area like were you good at art did you have other I, interests that uh, looking back and this is all on reflection yeah yes. um and on reflection no I absolutely loved um uh, when I w- when I loved something, um, I loved French, um, because I had gone on an exchange. I remember, and I was immersed. And I loved the language. I loved the croissants. I loved everything. So, so when I was immersed in something, when I was passionate about it, I was actually very good at it. So yes, no, adored French. Still would love French. Um, loved home economics, but then things like maths failed miserably a few times in my leaving cert. And um, yeah, so. I would have struggled in paying attention to things that I found uninteresting. So, for example, Irish, um, you know, we all need to learn the tenses or, you know, you need yes. to learn, you need to have because we're tested in sixth year on our um, on our knowledge. And that, as a result, leads to maybe going to college or not or whatever, what, whatever you choose to do. And I would have because I struggled with something um, or I hadn't an interest in it, I then uh, would have been looking out the window, probably daydreaming. Mm-hmm. Now, you wouldn't have known if you were a teacher in the class, you wouldn't have known that Jane wasn't paying attention. Um, but at the end of the year, results would have shown, shown. that she'd checked out somewhere. So so that's that's often how it looks um, when it is um, when it is nuanced by and again I would have hidden a lot like I was embarrassed that I couldn't keep up to be brutally honest so so I hid a lot you know I wouldn't have if somebody had said Jane do you understand or I would have said yes because yes. I didn't want to uh, stand out I didn't want to um, to be different to my to my um, peers to, to the others so and the things that are in place now for children with ADHD mm-hmm. I guess so that you know there's like different learning routes for them and there is learning supports for them um, and, and, and they're allowed to take breaks and different things we can get to those how important is it to identify mm. the different 
I guess, signs of ADHD, because unless you're identifying the signs, you're not going to be able to get the diagnosis, which means you won't be able to get the help, right? So true. And that's and if your child is sitting quietly in the corner, mm. they're not being the squeaky wheel that's going to get the attention. Yeah. So yeah. it's really important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you just said earlier about that, you know, our, when we think of ADHD, automatically, and this is through no fault of, you know, this is just society. We think of that you know, seven, eight year old boy running around class. Think of Dennis Menace, like that's what yeah, I think yeah, yeah, of, yeah, like yeah. that kind of a boy. Absolutely. And so, so you don't, if we are not understanding and if we are, if we believe something is a certain way, like, you know, that seven year old, then the teacher isn't going to be looking out for the quiet kids who, um, who is, 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 is just, you know, slipped under the radar. They're, they're not noticed. And if they're not noticed at a young age, um, then they're not going to they're not going to stand out. They're not going to then be maybe, um, um, you know, assessed at a young age. And here's the thing, ADHD, when understood and when treated, it actually can be, I wouldn't go as a gift, but it's, it actually can be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's, I suppose, why it's so difficult for for people to to understand because there's two sides of the coin you can have a lot of the prison population is they say with with them um, up to I think 25% with people who have ADHD which is really sad because equally you have entrepreneurs you have people who are you know the Nobel Peace Prize um, mm-hmm. winners entrepreneurs they have ADHD so how can one condition have to just very different sides. And I think that's and that's understandable why why people don't, you know, take it so seriously. And well, it seems understandable that like if you have been not diagnosed and you've grown up your whole life mm-hmm. not fitting in, you know, being told off because you're not paying attention, not, like being feeling ashamed because you're not achieving the things that other people have achieved measuring yourself against neurotypical people you're going to have self-esteem issues and and a number of mental health issues that could have been avoided by having a diagnosis that allowed you into you know that allowed you to be understood and here's the thing because you're an adult and what you've just said there you've put words and you're you are articulating what a person may feel as an adult grown up right Mm -hmm. But they don't know that. So they, if they're undiagnosed, they're labeling, may be labeling themselves, you know, thick, stupid, inept, weird, um, odd. Um, and those labels and those words are far really more damaging. damaging. Yeah. So what are the things? So um, with, is there a broad, and I don't want to genericize people, mm. is there a broad diagnosis? Like, are there broad um, markers to look out for between that are different in boys and girls? Absolutely. Uh, they okay. Often, or can the yes. like can the girl um can the girl menu be applied to boys if you know what I mean? I do. Um. So so ADHD inattentive ADHD um that's uh, often um diagnosed in females um and in girls and and that's because often the symptoms of ADHD the characteristics of ADHD that was the word I was talking about. <laughs> um, they are um they are nuanced in in females right and they're internalized so. For example, just say the hyperactivity that a boy might be running around the classroom. The girl may be internalizing that and she may never stop thinking. She may never stop overthinking. She may never stop um, daydreaming, thinking of 
of of just uh, of not focusing on, on things and being carried away with those distractions. So so it doesn't look like the classic ADHD. Um, and and that's so so they, they would generally um, and in a lot of cases um, inattentive ADHD would be would be in in, in diagnosed in females. And um, that's not all, always the case, but often it is. And it's it's that hyperactivity that 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 often leads to that boy being diagnosed or um, or receiving um, a diagnosis at a younger age and therefore doesn't have the challenges that um, a in an adult maybe does have because they've received an early diagnosis. So they're not going, you know, through life thinking that they're um, are maybe, you know, experiencing low self-esteem or or just a general sense of underachieving. And mm-hmm. I'd say that's a real marker if it, it's it's. It's a feeling of just not being where you really feel you could be. And you could be very successful. That doesn't mean you're failing. It just means that there's something missing. There's a gap between what you know your potential is and what you, the, the state you currently are in. And when you say inattentive ADHD, does that mean that there are different clarifications, like there are different types of ADHD? There are indeed, yes. Yeah. So there are three types of um, ADHD. And um, attentive ADHD is often, ex- that's, you know, the hyperactivity. Um, that is, and the characteristics are often, um, they can be impulsive, um, they can be disorganised. Um, now, here's the thing. You see, when I say those words, I bet you there's people at home going, sure, we can all be a bit impulsive or we can all be a little bit hyperactive or we can all get distracted from time to time. Just <laughs> focus. Um, but with ADHD, it is when a person, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a chronic impairment. These characteristics are, are impacting their day-to-day life. Um, that it is, it's not something that just after a good sleep or something or, you know, I don't know, um, getting a new planner that your life was different. or, or do you So know, it's so more about the pattern. Like, yes, we all have inattentive days and yes, we can all be yes. disorganised. But on average, this is not a chronic. This is like something that is the exception to the rule for neurotypical people. That's it. And, and that's why I think it's very difficult to to recognise in people as well, because everybody experiences some, of, of, these some of these things. So you know, what makes somebody with ADHD, um, you know, seek a diagnosis, just say as an adult, um, is often, you know, what you described there very well, the, the kind of the, the low self-esteem, the um, just just a general sense of not um, of not of, of just underachieving and and often we internalize that and it's it's a feeling a deep sense of shame and it just feeling like, you know, just that it's it doesn't have to be so difficult and you know it's often it can it can be in adults and in females it can be it, you know clinicians doctors they often aren't familiar with the um with with what it looks like um in females so therefore they might be diagnosed with depression because it is depressing if you're underachieving it's your yeah, reality yeah. um you know, they may have anxiety because, you know, when am I going to when am I going to mess up again? When am I going to put my foot in it? When am I going to um, when am I going to be found out? So so it's often it's often misdiagnosed. And I, I think that's the, the, the part that once just it, it's it's very 
misunderstood. It's very, very, um, the, the research is all on and it's established on males. So um, when we don't so we're measuring have these girls by a male metric and absolutely they're not meeting it, but it's different uh, actually, in women. And Stephanie, it's like, you know, we're measuring, right, a 45 year old, just say female. Um, we're comparing that 45 year old female. We're measuring her against just say that, you know, eight or nine year old boy running around. So, so of course, at 45 or, or whatever. Meet those criteria. No, because you've also as well, you know, you've 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 learned different coping mechanisms, which which um, which allow you to hide it. And, and yeah. you know, we, we see where, you know, you can see how other people behave. So it's often it's it's learned behaviours. Um, so Which girls, I think, also in stu- studies have shown, like girls are much easier, find it much easier to mask because the way that they watch mm-hmm. their peers and and the way that society has sort of very structurally cha- like forced them into being has allowed them to mask these these symptoms. That is very very true, and I think that that's because there's a there is a gender difference, you know, between males and females, mm-hmm. right? So it is going to be uh, there's hormones, um, it, it is going to look different, um, you know, just you know if you look kind of perimenopause or if you look at you know teenagers, they're, they're the, they can be times when females are often um, identified when they kind of go something's different here, and that teenage you know kind of you know premenstrual as well, um, so hormones play a part. Um, we are different to males, and that's not me, you know, saying we can't do. But we yeah. are, we are biologically different, different. We, biologically different. And so, I think what we'll do is we'll come to um, how people get diagnosed. But bring, I'm just going to bring you back to we we went through one of the types of ADHD, but you said there were three. Am I right? Yes, there are. So what's the second one? So the second one then is so there's the inattentive type, which is often um, recognised in females, um, and then this can. Um, this can be equally, as I said, um, in, in the males as well. And then there's the attentive type, which is the more hyperactive um, the more hi- hyperactive um, type. And then there's the combined type, which is a mix of, of both. And does that mean um, that like sometimes you can pay attention and sometimes you can't <laughs> control that? Or what is like, what does the combined look like? Because so it can be a very good question. Yeah, it can be. It's, it's combined type is is when you can be hyperactive, but what I mentioned there, it can be internalized that oh, hyperactivity. Right, okay. So, so it's like your mind never stops. You may have difficulty sleeping. You're not running around um, trying to. Like I'm not sitting here, um, you know, asking to to walk around here or, yeah. or to, you know, and I would have a combined type. And but it's it's internally what's going on mm-hmm. um, in the mind that 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 looks different. And what but you can't see that. You see, so, no, yeah. Yeah, and that that is, and you know, that's why you can't just blame teachers because a lot of the times mm. these things are put down on on parents or teachers for not spotting it sooner. But you know, it it must be quite difficult if your child has a very hyperactive mind. Yeah, you know that that can be that can be hard to be like. Are they just imaginative? They love mm. playing. They love you know going playing imagination games. But it, you know, to actually differentiate that between a, a clinical diagnosis is difficult. So that's what is very the, true. Yeah, what is the process then of of getting diagnosed like for you and then for children what do they what do they do how do they diagnose it is it like a questionnaire it is and this is the thing because it is yes and it's it's a history right and it's so there is no um, test you can take as in like you know a blood test that you yes. know okay you have ADHD or you don't it's um, it's it's from gathering as an adult, just say in the case of um, myself it's, it's, it's gathering information um, through 
my history or, or through a person's history. And that's the thing. So what it looks like if somebody comes in to the doctor and says, I'm always late. Like they're not going to receive a diagnosis of ADHD. Yeah. And, and I think that's what people often, you know, oh, they're always late or they're very difficult to organize. You know, it's really difficult to organize and plan. They must have ADHD. That's not the case at all. It's the it's 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 an amalgamation of all of the characteristics um, of ADHD and and equally your internal lived experience. And I would say it's the internal lived experience, actually, that the 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 behaviors that's what often um it's it's very missed that's what's missed because that's not understood you know so what does that what do you mean by that like what kind of internal so how we perceive the the world or how the world perceives us is it's it's we all wear masks we all you know there's a persona we often all um we learn our behaviors but that's very different to I would say what what's going on internally in somebody with them um, in somebody's mind with ADHD and and how we cope with that is different for everybody. It can be and that's that's the thing. It can be, you know, it, it, addiction can be um, can be a way of coping with um, the, the struggles. Eating disorders is very you mentioned with females uh, with can be it can be um, it can be a way of, of numbing the pain and um, self-harm and. Um, so so these are all um, conditions in their own right. And that's the thing that it's often um, it, it can be another. It, it can be something else that brings them to um, to to seek um, to seek help. And then when they go to the doctor to say the, the adult, because so did you like start with your GP? Was that your first port of call? I did. But I went with and this is the I think actually maybe the good part of ADHD. Because I wasn't taking no for an answer. So so I was very sure. Um, I remember listening to a podcast, actually, um, and the it was the characteristics of ADHD in females. And it just was like, you know, something I felt understood. I felt somebody had described me and 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 my experiences. And that was very, very once I had that information, I couldn't let that go. Yeah. So so I knew that there was there was something. But it's much better now. That was that was um, that was over seven, eight years ago. But at the time, um, there wasn't a huge amount of information or resources available. So and it was like a lot of it was in the, the States. Um, and and I just I just knew that it was um, something that I couldn't. Um, just accept if they said no. And actually, I did go for my first. Um, so, so my GP, excuse me, she um, then referred me to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist then um, the first uh, person I went to actually said, "Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, 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 no, I'm not too sure." And, and they said, "No, they didn't think um, I ticked all the boxes." And that was absolutely fine. Can you remember what the boxes were or that they didn't think you were checking? Again, because I was female. So I wasn't hyperactive. I wasn't fidgety. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I have, I, you know, I've learned through the years to be a certain way. And, and, and that's, you know, because I've learned to be a certain way, which we all do. But, but so, so I, I'm very aware of how it can look, you know, to to that hyperactive mind or 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 fidgeting or, or jumping from points and and just difficulty in focusing. Because it seems like with like with the ADHD is ADHD a spectrum as well? Yes, as, it yeah. is. Absolutely. So like, yeah, it's a neurodevelopmental condition. 
So um, like the ADHD spectrum, mm-hmm. like people who are on different levels of it. Yeah. Neurotypical people are able to intuitively know how to be in a social situation. Yeah. Neuro non-typical people, depending on the spectrum mm-hmm. and depending on how far along, some of them might be able to go, OK, so everyone in this room is sitting still. So I better do that, too, even though this is really hard for me. But I suppose I'll do it because everyone else is doing it and I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then depending on how f- maybe maybe that isn't something that you're able to control if you're further down the spectrum. But it seems that being able to it's not intuition it's observation it's learned it's kind of a trauma response Mm -hmm. and that because of that people are like oh actually you don't tick the box but they don't realise the immense personal (laughs) cost to you of like this is exhausting like is this normal for people that is so true and that's something that I personally believe I I would um, and I would see with clients and, and myself that social interaction that you just touched on there the social skills I think people with ADHD, the only way I can describe it is we must have been out from, I must have been sick that day, they were thought, because that doesn't come natural to a lot of people with ADHD. Um, And not only does that not come naturally, to ensure that that remains, for example, friendships, that requires, you you know, asking somebody how they are or asking how their mum is or, you know, and that is some often the amount of time, Stephanie, I've left a conversation and I've gone, Jesus, or, or just say her, you know, brother wasn't well or her, her mum was. And I didn't ask the most, the, the thing I wanted to ask. Because you forgot? Because you forgot yes. to remember? Yes. Or because, you know, like, both, which is it? And, both. And equally because maybe they've asked me, just say, um, how are you? And you can get carried away and you can go on and on. And, and it looks like I don't, it can look like one doesn't, care when that couldn't be further from the truth. It's just that it's difficult to equally. I'm trying to remember what to say. Yes. And if I have something that I want to say, I'm scared I'll forget it if I don't blurt it out quite quickly. So, so often that's, you know, my primary focus to appear normal in inverted commas. So, and that takes a lot of work. Yeah. You know, and then we're often not actually listening, listening. because I'm you know, I'm focused on, OK, I want to I want to say it this way. I don't want to appear stupid or I don't want Rude to appear. Yeah, whatever. absolutely. So, so I'm not really actually listening to what the person is saying either, which doesn't go down well with friendships either. So those things can be really exhausting. And yeah. I think as well from my small bit of research that it's like it appears like you don't care. But mm. actually what's happening is that the sociological things that neurotypical people have decided. Yeah equals what caring looks like. Mm -hmm. Like she knows, I know that this person cares for me because she has done X, Y and Z. Mm -hmm. All of that based on neurotypical model. Like the way that you might show you care is not standard based on neurotypical people and therefore Mm -hmm. it's not read as caring. And the things that you don't meet are seen, you don't do the things that neurotypical people do and therefore equals you don't care. That is so true. And and it, with all of what you've just said there, we're comparing, because we do, we're comparing ourselves to neurotypical people. So when I'm comparing myself to other people similar to myself, they may have stuff going on, but I don't know. It's not visible to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. Um, I, I just see them. It appears that they're coping, that they're, they're able to plan things, that they're able to, um, to focus on, on certain things, that they're 
that they can prioritize tasks, that they're, you know, that they're they're able to get through their day effortlessly. (laughs) Um, So so that's what. So then you're left with that going like, how how can this be so difficult? And and the thing is often, and I'm not saying it's all, but just it's not always the case that it's it's you want to. And that's the struggle. It's that you want to, but you don't know how. So it's like the it's it's like the tools are there or we're aware and we can we can have that thought, but to implement it, to actually process it. Number one, to articulate what what we want to do can be very difficult and to how we say it can be. We don't have the words. Um, and secondly, then to actually implement what it is, the thought process, that's really, really hard. And it's not that we won't, but it's that we can't. But then, you see, I, if I'm comparing myself to somebody who doesn't have ADHD or they're comparing themselves to 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 or they're looking at from their experience, well, of course, I should just try harder or just focus. While I have you here and I have your captive attention, I want to let you know that if you are basically a supporter, if you are a Headstuff Plus member, I have an opportunity for you. So from now on, I want to change how my show was introduced. Usually I say, hello and welcome to Basically. I'm your host, Stephanie Preisner, and today in studio I have, you know that bit, you've heard it all. From now on, I want a different podcast supporter to introduce my show because I really am grateful to the people who support the podcast. They mean that, you know, their five euro a month means that I can have a producer working full time on the show. And it's just, I really, really am grateful. So I'm going to give you an address and I want you to send a voice note that says, hi, my name is Mary and I'm a Headstuff supporter and the reason I like listening to the show is because blah 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 you are listening to Basically and then I'll come in. So what I want you to do is send your voice note to www.speakpipe.com forward slash basically that's speak s-p-e-a-k pipe p-i-p-e dot com forward slash basically and when you go to that site what comes up basically is this uh, this big button that says start recording and you just record directly into that and then it gets sent to us and then you will be introducing the show. Thank you so much for your support. Come on, sissy that pod. Let's get thickening. Are you a fan of the Emmy award winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, sissy that pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right. Whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All Stars. Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. What are the things that you put in place? Like, so say if one of your difficulties I think you mentioned is like getting up in the morning and getting out of the house. Like mm-hmm. what, what or, or other difficulties that you might have. What are the things that changed once you got the diagnosis that you were yeah. able to like put in place and be like oh it like 
is the diagnosis just an excuse then to be like, actually, I have ADHD, so I'm just terrible at this. So I'm not even going to try. Yeah, no, I haven't no. actually tried. To, no, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. I presume that was the yeah. answer. No, I mean, or what did the diagnosis do for you? Yeah. And this is here's the thing. It, it's it's. It's not an excuse at all. It's an expl- again explanation. Yeah. And it's that's that's what it can do. Sharing um, or recognizing um, that the reason why you have got to a certain age and there is, you know, that you have difficulty in, in doing certain things. Um, and, and that's just the behaviors. Yeah. Equally, how you feel about yourself, how you how you view yourself in this perfect world that, uh, you know, that's uh, that's that's the underlying, I would say, um, the underlying symptoms that, that nobody sees. Yeah. And that is when we recognize that there's actually a name for for the way we live in the world um, that can be very, very helpful um, because a lot of those, um, you know, a lot of the the actual symptoms there, it's executive functioning difficulties. Right. And they are they are just everyday, simple, everyday tasks that people without ADHD um, can can carry out without like thinking. And yes, there may be times when they get frazzled or they get overwhelmed with the amount they have to do. But that's times. It's not their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And and understanding that you know, and recognizing that what it is um, you have is is an actual neurodevelopmental condition. We're actually wired differently. Um, and that can be really, really helpful and liberating. And, you know, allow yourself start that process to kind of go, OK, well, I'm not a mess or I'm I'm not, you know, I am enough. And, and I think that's where it really starts. Um, sorry, I'm, you've just reminded me that mm. so you talked about the first psychiatrist who was like, no, you don't take all the boxes. Yeah. Then what happened? Excuse me. Yeah. So that's very ADHD jumping around. I am. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm um, just following so, you around the place. <laughs> so, um, so uh, the second one then I went to, um, sorry, excuse me, the first one actually was a psychologist. And this is no reflection on them. This is just that maybe I hadn't articulated or didn't have the words to articulate how I experienced um, my ADHD, to be fair. And then the second one, I probably I, I just knew. And yes, so then that was without a shadow. I did have ADHD. Yeah. And, and how long did that process, how long did the second thing take? Was it like one session? Was it questionnaires? Did someone have to go with you? Like, what is the process? Yes. So it was with and it is quite different now, but it was with a psychiatrist and it was on my own. And it was a questionnaire, um, which um, it's not often on the present. It's, it's kind of it's, it's, it's your history. Yes. Um, so I think maybe there was a few was there school reports or they'd uh, I knew myself that I hadn't. And, and that was a real red flag for me because I hadn't achieved academically when I knew that I could if things had been put in place or if that if I'd if maybe, you know, if 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 I had had the sports. But then again, this is the come here. This is what kind of sports do you think you would have benefited from? Like like a one to one teacher having breaks or what things do you think would have helped? I would say that if a person is what would have helped? You see, this was I was in, I was born in nineteen seventy five. So, so Jane, I might just ask you what what are the signs and symptoms of ADHD? 
Yes, because that's, I suppose, where um, that that's important to, to understand to if if somebody, um, a child or an adult, um, has difficulties, like the 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 characteristics or the traits um, of ADHD that are um, the classic symptoms would be inattention, um, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. Now, here's the thing: all people can be impulsive. You know, mm-hmm. we can all be hyperactive, and we can all be very distracted. Um, but the difference between receiving um, a diagnosis and not receiving a diagnosis is the impact it can have on your day to day life. So it's the intensity of those symptoms and how it affects um, your life day to day. And 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 that is huge, I would say. And it can look it can look like that somebody is struggling to focus, right? And ADHD, I think it's, I, I don't, um, I don't agree with the hyperactive because it's... Because there is ADD, right, as well. There is, is there, is that also a diagnosis where the H is not there? Yeah, and good question. It was 2013. The, the Diagnostic Manual, the DSM-5, which would be used to um, diagnose people with ADHD, um, in the last, um, in 2013, they changed that. So they it used to be ADD and the and ADHD and now it's ADHD. Um, so they've um, added in the hyperactive um, and that's where then the... Um, so even if you don't have that symptom, if you don't have that hyperactivity, oh, because they're saying they do the, have it, but it's just being experienced differently because it might be hyperactive thoughts or... Well, it's yes, and it's inattentive. So it's you have ADHD inattentive or you have ADHD attentive or, or ADHD combined. combined. Exactly. Okay, great. And then I suppose if, if you do get a diagnosis and it is, you do get early intervention, which I think is key for children, Absolutely. What yeah. are the sort of flip sides of these characteristics and these symptoms that can be that can be made positive if intervention happens? That is a very that is so important because I I believe and now and I think we are living I hope in and we are living in a culture that one in five people are neurodiverse yeah um, and like that's twenty percent of human race think differently and if you look at all the you know, all those people who, who think outside the box, often they have ADHD um, and and often it's because they know they have ADHD. So they are um, working to their strengths. And I think that is the most important thing with ADHD. If a person finds something they are passionate about and they love, then they can have a hugely successful life and successful career in, in, in what's chosen. And that starts when they're, you know, six or seven. Um, if if they don't understand what um, how they tick and how they operate, well, then that can be that that can be that can be the other side of it. If, if you even just look at the symptoms of ADHD, you know, the core symptoms of impulsivity, um, the opposite of impulsivity is creativity and you know, creativity is not something that we decide at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. I'm going to be creative. Yeah. So 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 the very essence of what impulsivity is um, allows and enables um, a person, I think, to be creative. So, uh, so that can be such a strength if and when it's if, if it's understood, you know, distractibility and, and, and the flip side of 
distractibility is, I would say, you know, a natural curiosity. Again, a natural curiosity, that's not something you can teach Switch a child yeah, yeah, and yeah. go, OK, now I want you to be curious. You either are or you aren't. That's 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 built inside. And again, that can be wonderful. Absolutely wonderful um, when it's nurtured and when it is um, when it is supported. Uh, and that can be that can be so so that can lead you to anything that that can lead you to the, you know, having, you know, achieving what you would like to achieve and thinking the way other people do not think. Um, and then the hyperactivity, kind of the restlessness, you know, who doesn't want to have, you know, lots of energy? Like, I mean, isn't that brilliant? Y- y- you know, um, and I guess once that is harnessed and, and focused into something yeah. that is of interest to them, it's not going to be destructive or or hold people back. That's the thing. So these and things can be turned into assets so simply by being understood. And it's recognising it. And once it's recognised in a person, then we can manage it and then we can live very well with it. And that's that's the part that is so wonderful. But equally, it's 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 here. That's the part that's sad if, if it's not diagnosed and if it's not understood and you know talking about it even today Stephanie the the perception and the stigma surrounding um, neurodevelopmental developmental conditions in general and in particular here um, ADHD it it doesn't allow for embracing you know difference uh, and you know isn't it brilliant to think outside the box you know it's part of you know it's part of human nature and 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 we need to look at it differently. And equally, if we think of ADHD as the, you know, the classic symptoms, we're missing, we're missing something um, that that will result in people not being diagnosed because they assume it's it's a certain it's 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 just these symptoms. So it's not going to be nurtured or or um, or the, the best in a person is is not going to. To, to flow because they they feel like they are you know that that it's them so and parents shouldn't be like afraid to get their child to seek a diagnosis no. because either way with or without the diagnosis mm. your child isn't going to change but with so a true. diagnosis and with the right support mm-hmm. they can absolutely thrive whereas yeah. without it they're not going to change they're just not going to be able to be supported in the way they need to be to, to, to achieve what they could possibly achieve. And that's it. And and that's the reason why it's so important to, to change that, um, the dialogue and change the language surrounding, I would say, um, um, conditions like this. Because, you know, if you look at d- dyslexia, in, in, you know, in when I was growing up, that was considered to be, you know, kind of like a disadvantage. But now we know, like, you know, in 21st century, now we know that is not an obstacle to achieving um what you want, uh, but it's that's a slow process. Um, but people with who who have dyslexia, they, they can achieve, and but that takes time to 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 understand that. But it's this stigma that I think people perceive um, ADHD. Even I remember listening on the radio. I think it was last Christmas. There was um, there was something in an IT um, in I think in a a college and they were um, that the mics were off I think and one of the lecturers had said oh yeah, oh, yeah he's hyper he's ADHD now that's that person that's how that person understands it yeah. you know so that's doing nothing for 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 I suppose 
you know, gaining a deeper insight or understanding of ADHD because because when you think of ADHD, you think of that hyperactive boy. And we are comparing our, you know, we are comparing adults, you're comparing females to that hyperactive boy, which is just, you know, that means a lot of children and adults are going under the radar. Absolutely. Jane, for listeners, if anyone feels like they themselves might want to get, um, might want to seek a diagnosis or Mm. is seeing anything in their children, where would you recommend is a first port of call before we finish? Yes. So, um, there is an organisation called ADHD Ireland um, and they offer some really super supports. Um, Do you need a diagnosis or can you go to them to seek one? They are a support. Okay. Um, so, so they don't actually um, diagnose but they would point you in the right direction. Oh, great. But they also have a lot of, because currently there's very few, um, there is very few, uh, I think, psychiatrists in Ireland who um, who have the um, expert knowledge in ADHD. So, so so it is um it is under resourced at the minute but i think that is changing um hopefully moving forward but yes i'd say adhd aren't have super supports in place that um that you know find your group or find especially for kiddies find like-minded people um and you know it it doesn't have to be hidden you know it doesn't have to be not spoken about you know I bet you you can name lots of males with ADHD adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you name one female? Apart from yourself. No, no, <laughs> not that have been because people don't because it's that perception. Yeah. You know, who wants to be compared to that? But I can name several with yeah. with depression, with eating disorders mm. who struggled at school, who probably, you know, if they mm. sought it, might get it. And Jane, if people want to get in touch with you directly, where can they find you? Uh, yes, they can. Um, I have a website and it's um, Jane Hare, that's J-A-N-E-H-E-H-I-R dot I-E. And um, I am a counsellor and psychotherapist for adults and I'm located in Dublin 4 in Donnybrook. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. And thank you listeners for listening to another episode of Basically. We will be back with you next week. If you would like to support the podcast and become a Headstuff podcast member, you can do that on headstuffpodcast.com forward slash register. And I would be very grateful. Our music is by Only Ruin. Our graphic design is by Kahlo Gara. We are produced today by the lovely Tara McCamley. And we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. See you soon. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.